Hey gang, big news in the world of We Hate Movies live appearances in this one. Well, you better get your holiday coat on because it's not happening until December. We're so excited. It's actually a hometown show for this Jersey boy. Only you. Jersey City's beautiful White Eagle Hall will be hosting the We Hate Movies podcast. And we're going to be talking about a Christmas movie, Eric Siska. What is that oh movie? Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> it is the Santa Claus, the original film. Not Out of way. Is it original? Yeah, it's original. The first one. Tim Allen <laughs> yes. finds a fat so falls off his roof. Yep. yep, we're gonna be talking all about it on December seventh, which is a day that will live in infamy. <laughs> at White Eagle Hall. I mean, it, it incidentally lives in infamy. We, right. We're just we're to yeah. the side of it. We're adding to the infamy. Yeah, it's, just, exactly. it's more infamy because this will be uh, our debut in Jersey City, and this is what it's come down to, folks. Steve Sadak. Refusing to get on planes, mm-hmm. refusing right. to get a driver's license to help right. out with rent a cars. I refuse to get on a train for this show. I'm fucking right. walking. Oh I gotta walk to the venue. So I guess this is the new normal gang, only wherever <laughs> Steve's legs can carry him. But it's an awesome venue and it's really close to the train if you're like you're in the in the city or if you want to drive in from Pennsylvania, wherever. Mm-hmm. Right, the path train's not too far, right? Path train's a, a stone's throw away. A here. stone's throw, folks. Come on out to the White Eagle Hall. That's right. Tickets are on sale now, so get them in advance. Get them fast. This is going to be a popular show. December 7th, White Eagle Hall, Jersey City, New Jersey. Tickets available right now at whmpodcast.com. It's Christmas time again. It's time to be nice to the Hey gang, just in time for the Halloween season, we're happy to report we will be back at the Jacob Burns Film Center for the Overnight Halloween Marathon Friday, October 23rd. We will be doing a live riff of one of the absolute worst Friday the 13th movies. Mm -hmm. It's part eight, Jason Takes Manhattan. Ooh. Yeah, it's a big woof. I timed it when I rewatched it the other day. 63 minutes until those fuckers get to New York City. Wow. I was all that time to drag the goddamn boat out of the lake and across into some sort of waterway where you could get to fucking Liberty Harbor. I'm, I, I'm, we'll get into it when we do the, the live commentary, which will be super exciting and everyone should really go see it. But yeah, yeah. why are they high school graduates? Are they high school students? What's going it's on? It's graduates. It's like the senior trip. Okay. Ooh, for the, graduation. Because, uh-huh. because what a bad idea, by the way. Oh, a trip to New York? Just on a boat. You get a whole bunch of horny teenagers on a mm. boat. People will be fucking and sucking until the well, sun comes people out. People oh, will absolutely. get sick on a boat, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like they have their own quarters and everything. Yeah, big mistake. Yeah, no, you're asking for it. And I think... There's only three adults. Yeah, three adults chaperoning the supposed like entire senior class. Oh, it's a wild ride. <laughs> it's also there is a moment in this movie where you can tell it's totally the '80s because they've replaced the smoke and grass days of those earlier movies uh, with just hard fucking cocaine. That's right, man. Mm-hmm. It's just like all of a sudden Jason's running around and it's like, oh my god, quick, let's do some blow. <laughs> uh, so we will be on hand to kick off this marathon. Lots of great horror movies involved in the lineup that admittedly I did program. Uh, hoping to get a couple of preview screenings in. We'll see what happens. But it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be overnight. There's going to be food, a costume contest, uh, beer from Captain Lawrence Brewing. Ooh, yeah. Uh, and in case you didn't know, that uh, Chris Cabell was actually murdered last uh, time. So I don't know which <laughs> one of us is going to get it this time. You know, I heard the Burns Film Center is 
haunted. Oh, it might be haunted. Oh, haunted yeah. by the ghost of Chris Cabin. <laughs> <laughs> he never made it out of our Halloween 3 commentary from last There's year. There's always a specter by the concession stand. <laughs> Go to BurnsFilmCenter.org. That's B-U-R-N-S-F-I-L-M-C-E-N-T-E-R.org for tickets. This October, the 23rd, it's a Friday night. We will be there. Live commentary, Friday the 13th, Part 8, Jason Takes Manhattan. Hello, I'm Andrew Jupin. Steven Sadak. Eric Siska. And we hate movies. Welcome to We Hate Movies on the Sideshow Network. Thank you for tuning in. As always, this is the second week, third week, third week, third week, man, that time's already flying by, Mm -hmm. of our Listener Request Month. Uh, This episode comes to us from Charles in Minnesota, who had this to say. Uh, Hey, guys, this is Charles from Richfield, Minnesota, and I want to recommend The Deadpool. Uh, It's the last movie of the Dirty Harry franchise. It has... Jim Carrey as a strung-out rock star, Liam Neeson as a B-movie horror producer, Guns N' Roses extras, killer RC cars, and, of course, Clint Eastwood as Dirty Harry. What's not to like? So that's my recommendation, and I hope you appreciate it. Bye. So here we go. It's The Deadpool from 1988, directed by a guy hilariously named Buddy Van Horn. Um, up front, I want to say this about this movie. He kills 11 people, one of which he shoots in the back. <laughs> <laughs> Our hero, ladies and gentlemen. There are so many moments in this movie where it's like, you know, you could just arrest them. Yes, yes. Like, he like disarms people, and then he's just like, now that nobody's looking, I'm going to murder you. <laughs> well, he's, especially the ending, he is very Jason Voorhees. He really is. Speaking <laughs> of fucking Friday the 13th. Exactly. Jason Voorhees in a sweater vest. <laughs> Jason takes downtown San Francisco. Oh. My mother dropped me in a lake when I was young. Those campers weren't watching. <laughs> then I had to start taking out the trash. Those campers are also slinging weed as far as I can tell. A.K.A. getting the death penalty. My blood's boiling over this one. These lousy campers. He's a, yeah, he's like he's sort of like a judge dread. Yes. Oh, he's the law in yeah. San Francisco. Do not worry about it. And his captain, who's the you know your standard beleaguered captain, who is, this guy has received a promotion. He's in other movies. Oh yeah, I guess this uh, franchise. Word of warning: I've never seen a Dirty Harry movie other than this one, so I might not know whatever the if there were references There's not to the like other a ones. lot of callbacks. It's mainly that guy, mm-hmm. uh, as far as I can tell. So it's fine, Eric. What's have you seen them First all? and last, a nice little sandwich. <laughs> a couple of those sequels are pretty good. Um, Sudden Impact, not bad. Um, but uh, actually, I had a, I yeah. bought a four pack of the of uh, the Dirty Harry movies like <laughs> months ago, planning to watch it, and then they're you were like, oh, the Deadpool was called in. We should totally do it. I was like, awesome. I got that at home. 
And then I realized it was the fifth movie, and I had to go <laughs> like scramble eleventh hour to figure out. You know, how to do I'm it. looking forward to one day having a nice little dad day. You know, yeah. watch your dirty hairy movies, mm-hmm. have a sip of beer. Oh yeah, it's pretty fix great. Fix a porch. Oh yeah, you, you got to restain that thing. <laughs> <laughs> I did that a couple of years ago because I got this series on a Blu-ray box set for Christmas one time. Oh, you got all five, huh? <laughs> I, I do have all five of them in one location. Oh, wow. And one night I sat down and I watched the first three like in a row, just sipping back on some uh, Springsteens. Like it was a real American red steak evening. It wasn't half bad. (laughs) But this is the fifth movie, man. This is five years after the previous one. Mm. And I believe 17 years after that original Dirty Harry. It's weird because it feels like a TV movie. Like it feels like. Murder, She Wrote, the movie, or Diagnosis, <laughs> Murder, the movie, you know, and they would do those, you know? Well, because this is also, like, it's a weird, like, there's a serial killer going around, and we're seeing him do the murders, much like a horror movie. Yeah. But it, because of that, it gives it that shitty, like, movie of the week feel. Mm-hmm. And also, it doesn't help that, like, these... The land of the movie, like these murders are all taking place in and around the set of a shitty horror movie. Yep. Because this makes it feel like Dirty Harry meets Scream Three. <laughs> is what it, we're like. We're ma- I gotta go on the set of Stab the Movie. It's like when the Flintstones met the Jetsons. <laughs> yeah, totally. Where's our Jay and Silent Bob cameo? <laughs> oh no, my 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 new partner is that incompetent nitwit Dewey. <laughs> He's always bumbling around. He's got a, a a pension for getting stabbed in the back. <laughs> this is the only movie of its kind I can recall where uh, one of the red herrings it is a gross ponytail. <laughs> right, right. Because we start off this movie with like, it's clearly a lunatic, like, in an apartment. He's got a bunch of clippings of things all over the walls yeah. and whatnot. He's watching the news. He's writing angry letters, like, the whole thing. And you see the dude, like, looking out over the bay or, you know, wherever he's looking. And you just see, like, in highlight, this gross ponytail. And it's like, okay, viewers, recall that ponytail when it comes up later in the movie. That was the guy writing these letters. It's, it's also a little ponytail. Yeah. It's like you... it. Because, you know, Liam Neeson is right. He, these people have, like, these two guys that have this ponytail. Mm-hmm. And yes. They have short hair, and then they have that ponytail. But I don't think it's really a rat tail. I think it's like a mullet that you tie up. <laughs> <laughs> it's entirely possible because it it's too big to be a rat tail. Because yeah. it's about as thick as a garden hose. But, it, yes. but when you say ponytail, I think of a bigger uh, yeah, tail yeah. than what this guy has. But it's not small enough to be that rat You're tail. You're right. I think it's just a tied back mullet, mm-hmm. which is disgusting. It's, um, I guess maybe it's a dog tail kind yeah, of. I think, th- yeah, <laughs> canine for sure. It does look like something that could be hanging off the back of a golden retriever. But it's like really, obviously, it's both. they both clipped it on. You know what I mean? They both yes. have like normal haircuts and they just kind of clipped a hair. Um, All right. Like Extension on the like back. those Padawan braids. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> were those that? fake? Yeah, they have. They to clipped be. them on. No like one, if you, was no it like getting like a, like a red belt or something in martial arts? <laughs> yeah. Oh no, I mean I think it's in, in the mythos it's real. Like Obi Wan oh, had it, but oh. Ewan McGregor said, "Go fuck yourself." <laughs> yeah, 
What a bad design choice, that rat tail in oh, those yeah. prequels. A lot, there's a lot of bad design choices in those prequels. Because <laughs> it's a top knot, which is like fine and like, right. oh, wow, Jedis are like samurai, George Lucas. We get it. Yep. And then you get that rat tail going, too. It's like two ponytails. Yeah. yeah. And you know what? A samurai wouldn't have a fucking disgusting rat tail. No. Um, so then, you know, after this whole, like, I'm writing letters to the to the post office or whatever's going on, we meet up with, you know, Harry Callahan. You know, he's just driving down the street. His first line in this movie is, get off my ass. Yep. And it's just, that sets up, like, all you need to know. Like, <laughs> he's officially an old curmudgeon man. I just wish it was him driving this entire movie. Like that movie Locke. And he's like, oh, what is this guy doing? <laughs> that movie Locke would be much more interesting if he was just, like, a, a surly police detective getting followed by the mafia. This guy can't even merge, right? <laughs> Better kill him. Way to oh. use your turn signal, you dangerous driver. Oh, obviously it was a woman. Obviously. And he's like <laughs> slamming the, the, the uh, steering wheel. That turning signal's turn into your own grave. <laughs> I'm killing bad drivers now because I'm medically insane. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, it's a mafia hit. Yep. The movie is starting out with a mafia hit. Because we've learned that uh, apparently Harry Callahan has put away some big mob muckety-muck named Gennaro. Yep. Generic mm-hmm. Gennaro. Mm-hmm. San Gennaro. It's an Gennaro feast. This is the guy that started it. <laughs> but, yeah, so so Harry Callahan testified against this guy. Got, you know... Put him away for life or whatever it Harry is. Harry Callan didn't kill somebody, so con- congratulations on that. Yeah, that's the one you don't get in a movie when he's just doing like actual police work and not semi-vigilante rampages. That's what's happening between the movies? Yeah, he's just acting like a normal cop. Yeah. Oh no, the cameras are on me. Better start killing. Like he doesn't even <laughs> carry around that big magnum gun. Right. Until the cameras are rolling. Uh Uh-oh, the cameras are on. Better come out of retirement, Lucille. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the cameras are off. Better kill this paperwork. (laughs) (laughs) Takes out the biggest pen you've ever seen. (laughs) Oh, it's it's called the Bic Magnum. Which actually, it's that's funny. Different colors in it. The murderer at the beginning of this movie, when when we get the information about Callahan testifying, and this guy's like, "Oh, okay, I'll add Harry Callahan to my two kill list." He's got like this gold pen. It's the nicest pen I've ever seen mm. in my life. It's it's clearly a gift. Yeah. Um, it's not something you would splurge for yourself. <laughs> well, dude, if you are making like your ultimate like two kill list, mm-hmm. you're gonna use a nice pen. Mm-hmm. He's using yellow legal paper, which like I, I could take or leave, but that pen is gorgeous, and he whipped it out for just such an occasion. <laughs> so he gets run off the road by these mafiosos, and they like do the same thing that all the mafiosos do is wildly shoot with machine guns and not aim. They're like stormtroopers. Yes! I I thought the exact same thing. It's like they're just shooting every part of his car where he isn't. It's a good thing that I've got all the metachlorians. (laughs) They can't shoot a Skywalker. (laughs) My blood's full of this space cancer. Darth Vader's my uncle. So he flips this car, and this this one mafioso like gets up on top of it to like 
rain bullets down into the car. And, of course, Callahan with the headshot. And here comes some of the most inappropriate music you'll ever hear. Because you see the back of this dude's head blow out. And it's just like... Because <laughs> like the hero. Gets, but it's like this... It's Going also back like to work. Wistful hero music mm-hmm. mixed with like 80s electronic beats. The music in this movie is all over the fucking place. Because it's like all of that weird 80s sounding music. And then because it's a Clint Eastwood movie, you've got just a little bit of jazz trumpet flown in here and there. <laughs> it's so all over the Do you place. you think that was an Eastwood call? Like, if I'm going to be part of this project, you better pepper it up. Oh, probably. Make a little trumpet. Dude, but, this is a Mal Paso production, man. He's got money in this. Well, that's, wow. That was my question, actually. Is this is it possible that this movie was written not as a Dirty Harry and it turned into it over the course of it? Oh, that on, could be. There's nothing on the internet uh, inferring that, but it just sort of feels that way because it's like... Anybody could be. It doesn't feel. I don't, I don't know it's what it's diehard syndrome. Yeah, it's just like oh, and then he runs afoul. It's like you know, this could be a regular detective in any situation because of the whole like. There's a serial killer whose identity is hidden, and the weird horror movie angle like would not really surprise me yeah. at all that yeah. they were just like oh, this could work as a Harry Callahan thing. Like there was, I forget what the specifics were, but this was one of those movies where it was like Eastwood wanted to make. X and yeah. they were like, okay, we'll help you out. Warner Brothers was like, we'll help you out with that. You want to make a Dirty Harry movie? Mm-hmm. That'll probably uh, raise your chances of making this other thing. <laughs> Fine. Looks like you're coming out of retirement, Lucille. <laughs> Anything for the bridges of Madison counties. <laughs> so then we cut to uh, the chief's office, which is one of the cheapest sets you'll ever see. Mm-hmm. Like, we're doing a lot of on-location filming in San Francisco, which is actually, it's kind of funny because the city of San Francisco was, like, another fucking Dirty Harry movie because they were tired of these movies, like, making it seem like San Francisco was this, like, crazy crime-fueled wasteland. And it was just like, yeah, that's right. You'll take the permit money, though. <laughs> <laughs> and- I mean, this is the beginning of a new character who comes to nothing. A lot of things, like a lot of uh, plots, just trail off. Like this, yep. And this one guy is like, "Hey, I'm your, I'm the new lieutenant. I, I want you to work in public relations for some reason because Gennaro's got a hit out on Dirty Harry, yes. and the whole city knows about it. So he's like, "Hey, you know, you, you do a lot of work if you, you know, sit behind a desk and, you know." That's what I want to see is Dirty Harry the paper pusher, Dirty Harry going on daytime TV. Right, because he's like a celebrity at this point since he's been a known murderer for a long time. (laughs) Well, I believe even as early on as like that first movie, he's kind of like a celebrity, like a known local celebrity. He's a goddamn hero cop. Well, because in that first movie, he's basically going after a version of the Zodiac Killer, the Scorpio Killer. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, you know, it's it's literally the same thing. Like, this dude's writing fucking letters in the newspaper and whatever. And, yeah, he's heightened to, like, local celebrity. It's really ripped from the headlines, right? That first movie? Oh, but yeah, it definitely is. (laughs) It's, like, this close to a true story. (laughs) They should reboot this series for television. That'd be great. It would be right? pretty cool, actually. Just like Murder of the Week? Well, I think they... Well, Murder of the well, Week is Law and Order. Right, but... With Harry Callahan? Yeah, then he does another murder in the episode. <laughs> so it goes it's full like circle. double, yeah. Um, they kind of have that with that... Um, what the hell was that David Duchovny program? Oh, uh, the one that 
the, with like the, the Aquarius. Aquarius, yeah. yeah. Did anyone watch that? I watched like half of it, and it's annoying because is he killing people? No, but uh. the whole like David Duchovny as this detective stuff is really awesome, and it's a lot of like uh, social issue stuff that was going on in the '60s, and then you just have this dog shit. Charles Manson performance yeah. from this dude who's like terrible. And he's actually playing Manson. He's playing Manson. And it's like, it's one of those things where it's like fiction riding up along, right. alongside history kind of a thing. It's interesting uh, to do a TV show set in the 60s. And we haven't, that's, you know, that's <laughs> yeah, pretty yeah. cool. That dude, is. I saw somebody like when this Aquarius came out that referred to it as like the sister show to Mad Men. And yeah. I was like, that TV writer should be fired. These are. There's actual madmen. <laughs> Charlie Manson, oh, that's a madman. <laughs> so, I don't know about Don Draper, but Charlie Manson. <laughs> well, he was a real mad loon. <laughs> so it turns out uh, that Eastwood, uh, Dirty Harry, is once again getting sidled with a new partner. That happens in pretty much every sequel. And we're getting a little self-referential here where yes. it's like, well, he's my partner, so I end up dead. And it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, oh, all right. Uh, and here comes, I believe his name is Al Kwan. Yep. Uh, this guy who, it's uh, your, your classic case of like real-life martial artist being in a movie, mm-hmm. which means he's terrible. Uh, and this guy's terrible at acting. Uh, martial arts, pretty great. But this is like comic relief territory, this guy. But it's also, I, I didn't know he was a martial artist, and I just thought he was like a nice, affable, you know, Asian-American actor. And then all of a sudden, in the middle, I'm like, oh, does he have to do martial arts? Does he really? Like, cause he doesn't, <laughs> they don't bring it up like, oh, this is Al Kwan, or, you know, he's... He's he, our martial arts detective. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he's like, not only, uh, you know, is he, is he good behind the wheel, but man, can that, can that guy do a high kick? Look out for it. <laughs> Not only is he good at the target range, you should see him operate these nunchucks. When they start giving his backstory, it, they just start cramming it in, man. Because it's just like one of one of nine subplots in this movie. Dude, I think it's a feature film version of a TV backdoor pilot. <laughs> we're still trying to get an Alquan yeah. TV show, and we're going to do it through the shitty Dirty Harry sequel. I, I know stuff about his grandfather. <laughs> so much about Why? his grandfather. Oh, a, a whole lot about Grandpa Quan. Oh, I can't wait for the to see him in this series. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the, the nutty f- the comic relief probably dude I think what, it, what they were trying to set up was like this is the last one Eastwood was going to be in and oh, then it was going to be shit. Dirty Quan uh, this next <laughs> sequel he was going to take over the franchise like Jeremy Renner in these Mission Impossible movies <laughs> right uh, but so this dude comes oh, in quirky Quan <laughs> He comes in, and this this other this detective or this uh, lieutenant is yeah. like, "Oh, that would be great." Sidling uh, Harry Callahan with a Chinese American, and to the credit of this movie, all the characters in the room, including Clint Eastwood, just go, "Oh, <laughs> like you, fucking really, Lieutenant? Whatever." Do you think this like paralleled real life a little bit? Like they told Eastwood, like we're going to give you a new partner in this one, and, and it was going to be a dog or something, <laughs> and then he's like, "No, no." Okay, <laughs> I guess that'll do. Dude, Eastwood partnered with a dog. Like Jerry Lee comes in. Yeah, or <laughs> your stool would be great. <laughs> Come on, stool. Let's go take him down. I bet your wood blood is boiling. <laughs> come on, come on. You know, for someone with four legs, you move pretty slow. <laughs> Buckle up, stool. I'm driving this time. 
Don't want your stool face to hit the windshield and burst into splinters. <laughs> Look what they did to my stool. Oh, <laughs> an invisible Barack Obama sat on him. <laughs> R.I.P. stool. <laughs> 16 gun salute. <laughs> So it's decided. He is partnered with Alquan. He goes, uh, better get a bulletproof vest, kid. Meanwhile, this dude's like fucking 45 years old, yeah. kid. Well, he's still a lot older. <laughs> Eastwood, this is before Eastwood fell off a cliff. He's still like very uh, virile. Like, it's he's, 1988. He's, he's still moving around. He's in yeah. his like, late 50s. Looks you, great. You, you can know. tell he's on the edge, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, now let's cut to one of the other movies in this movie, <laughs> which is we just cut to Jim Carrey. James Carrey. I, I apologize. <laughs> what? I mean, uh, this where to weird. begin with James Carrey? I mean, it's weird because, like, watching this movie now, it's bizarre because he's a superstar. Yeah. Um, like, kind of on the decline, but, like, he's fucking Jim Carrey. But in this movie, he's just a no one James Carey, nothing actor. And he's on the set. Well, we don't know it's a set. Mm -hmm. Right now, we're in like a haunted house. (laughs) There is a woman on the bed, kind of like The Exorcist. Right. Uh, And then all of a sudden, you're like, oh, oh, now wait a second. Well, that tune sure sounds familiar. Cut to GNR's Welcome to the Jungle. And there's Jim Carey dressed up with like, Crazy big red hair, or like you know, brown red hair, whatever it is, right? Like all blown out, yeah, like 80s like rocker, total hair, hair metal hair. And he's dressed up like a priest and he starts lip syncing Welcome to the Jungle while dancing around, oh my God. Which, what is sometimes a woman and sometimes a dummy, yeah, which is annoying because, yes, eventually the song will stop. Director Liam Neeson calls cut. Uh, and we're on a movie set, but it's the bullshit thing that movies do where, like, what we're first watching is edited as if we're watching part of the movie. Yeah. Because that actress does go from, like, a woman to a puppet. <laughs> like, inside this right. thing that's yeah. supposedly being filmed in real time. So already it's a gigantic, stupid continuity error. And Maybe when, t- when we were watching Jim Carrey mug, there was, like, some sort of apparatus that swapped out the actress <laughs> and the puppet. <laughs> And I could do it all in one take. <laughs> we just build a pulley system. Jim Carrey. This is the birth of Jim Carrying on screen. Mm, yeah. He's Jim Carrying on. This, this. Yeah, he's just it's like a Riddler dance. It is a it's 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 a precursor to the Riddler, honestly. Yeah. And well he's he's doing all of his 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 signature faces. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised he didn't do the arm over the shoulder. Thing. I was I was sh- <laughs> I just I was, find a way to get that going. I was you know what's weird? Talk out of his ass. <laughs> Did you say like arm over the shoulder thing? And I know exactly what you're yeah, talking yeah, about. And yeah, obviously the, the ass talking, which maybe that hit the cutting room floor. <laughs> Eastwood was just like Nobody's talking out of asses in this movie but me. Who is this clown? <laughs> um, it's great because... So in this, this is my question. He plays a, an, a rocker slash actor named Johnny Squares. And it, it, it comes to pass that he's only doing this movie because his agent made him and blah, blah, blah. There's like a music video tie-in to the movie Which question is, no, mark. What, Liam, this is what's... I would never see this movie that they're making. Yes. This, 
motel, haunted blood motel or yeah. whatever. Hotel, hotel Satan. Yes, Hotel, hotel Satan. Satan. Excuse me. Yeah, first of all, the title like that, I'm staying away. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm into it. But. Yeah, I'm kind of into well, this. Well, but what Liam Neeson says, though, is that the producers thought it would be a good idea for this music video to happen inside <laughs> the movie. So you yeah. go to the theater to see uh, Hotel Satan, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden the movie stops dead. For this music video inside the movie. Yeah, it's a musical. <laughs> <laughs> and, and make no mistake about it, gentle listener, this movie wants you to believe that the song Welcome to the Jungle was written and produced by Johnny Squares, and he is the one singing it in this movie. Guns N' Roses exists in this movie as background character actors at two scenes. But as far as this movie's concerned, Welcome to the Jungle is a fucking Johnny Squares original piece. <laughs> I've fallen into an alternate reality. <laughs> <laughs> like, right? This is a parallel timeline. Yeah, yeah where's John Reese davies <laughs> You've got the slide! <laughs> what? Some immigrants talking back to me. <laughs> Better kill them. But I'm with you. Christianity's on on trial. Goodbye. Come on, Lucille. Let's get him. <laughs> that fat immigrant's talking shit. <laughs> See if you could slide your way around this bullet, fatso. I was thinking about, um, you know, mo- uh, music videos in movies. Yeah. Maybe it's kind of like at the end of Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, when they have that Brian Adams music video, which like totally destroys any reality that yeah. had happened. Isn't that at least over credits? It's, or over, no? it's over credits, okay. but it's still a little bit weird. Because but it's still like, yeah, it's like a dance at their wedding at the end. <laughs> it's like you got, what was it, like? King Richard the Lionheart hearing this being like, mm, yes, that's Ooh, a good what, <laughs> what a rocking good love ballad. Ooh, the bards today are very good. <laughs> Is that, now I might be getting confused with Prince of Thieves and it, Men Sean, in Touch. Sean it's Connery, Sean Connery, yeah. it's not Patrick Stewart. Patrick, Patrick Stewart Stewart's Men in Touch. Touch. Okay, yes. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. But you know, now that, I'm confused. <laughs> <laughs> because it's, yeah, it just, it's one of those things where like, you need to like fade to black and like have a music video that has nothing to do with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you're going to do that. Right. Well, it's like it's, I was just reminded of another even weirder one is in remember the one in Look Who's Talking Now mm. with the fucking the French baby rapper? Well, that one's bizarre. And oh, it's like man. the kids the kids are in this dollhouse and Kirstie Alley and John Travolta like wake up cuz they hear a ruckus and the ruckus is coming from the dollhouse. That video is fucking crazy. And that's right at the end of the movie. Like, it's like directed by whoever. And then we get right into this little French baby rapper. And there's no credits either. So it's like, it's stopping the credits. Dead stop. You know, I just remembered that Friar Tuck breaks the fourth wall in the end of that movie, too. Uh, Does (laughs) Does he really? Yeah, he like looks at the camera and he's like, (laughs) oh, isn't that a fun movie? (laughs) Don't worry, everybody. It was all a fun movie. Jim Carrey's kind of breaking the fourth wall in this music video because he's like supposed to be mugging for yeah. Liam Neeson's camera, but it's Clint Eastwood's camera or Buddy Van Horn's camera. Excuse mm-hmm. me. <laughs> so it stops like Liam Neeson calls cut and he's like, you're out of sync, Johnny. In comes this ponytail and everybody's like, oh, but he's doing this like British, like really like highfalutin, like high talking thing. Like he's actually yeah. doing a character. in this Well, movie. he's 
lest we forget, this character is an artiste. <laughs> like this guy, this guy is carrying himself, at least on the set, because later in the movie, he trashes all of his own work. But like on the set, this guy is carrying himself like he's making some high art here. Yeah. He's a real Russ Craven type, actually, when you think about it. A very intellectually uh, stimulating guy, mm-hmm. like, but we're still making horror movies. Well, that's the weird thing. They show a reel of his movies later, and it like it, it, there's no style to it. It's like some of it's Dario Argento, some of it's definitely Cronenberg. There's like a baby being born kind of a scene. I thought, and I, I was trying to look through my notes here, because I seriously thought this was just oh yeah i thought it was just clips from other like existing movies oh are they because i think one of them is a clip from the pack oh really really yeah the joe don baker island of wild dogs i think movie? that might have been episode like 4 3 of we, 3 of we hate movies yeah, yeah. so go to the com and uh, click on our episodes tab for that one but no i was like wait a minute i think that's the pack i so thought it was like a cujo ripoff like a pastiche but I guess it's sort I've of, fallen it's, into another alternate reality. <laughs> Peter Swan directed all these movies now. John Reese Davies got me a device to run away from all of these, all of the Muslims. <laughs> and when I, when I say got me a device, I mean I killed it. I killed him, and I lifted it off his fat body. Was it a wristwatch in that show? No, he had some little gleep glopping remote control thing. Yeah, it was more remote control than not. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. I think there may have been a watch that let them in on like the countdown to when the next slide was, maybe. You know, I never watched that show. And what, Jerry O'Connell was on Mm -hmm. this? Jerry O'Connell. And then later his brother took over the role playing playing Jerry O'Connell's character's brother. There's another. Because the show show got dropped by Fox yeah. and Sci-Fi Channel bought it for like another season or whatever and Jerry O'Connell left the show and his brother Barry O'Connell or whatever his <laughs> name is came on the show playing Quinn Mallory's brother Weird. Barry O'Mallory <laughs> Finn O'Malley probably uh, uh- This episode's brought to you in part by Rocket Money, and they have this question for you. They handed to me just now. Mr. Rocket just handed me this. Do you know how much your subscriptions really cost? Most Americans think they pay around $80 a month on subscription services, but the actual total is closer to $200. If you don't know exactly how much you're spending every month, you need Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. And with Rocket Money, you can lower those bills without resorting to having bean dinners every day of the week. You know, you have those bean dinners to try to save some few bucks. But if you were monitoring your spending with Rocket Money, you didn't necessarily need to eat every bean dinner. So find out what all the fuss is about. You know, over 80% of people have subscriptions they forgot about, like the Stars app. Don't get me started. You don't have to go through all the back end of the website anymore. You don't have to call customer service. Rocket Money helps you manage all your finances in one place as well and categorizes everything. It's easy to keep track of a whole budget. Even I can do it and I got rocks in my head. So find out what 3 million people have already done. They've taken the rocket, folks. Stop throwing the money away. Cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash WHM. That is rocketmoney.com slash WHM. 
Once more, rocketmoney.com slash WHM, which stands for We Hate Movies. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, my 20s, while being a lot of fun, a lot of the time, were pretty rough. I wasn't exactly rolling in dough. I lived at home until I was about 25, and for most of it, I didn't have this show or you lovely people in my life. I just kind of drifted around without direction and didn't know where to voice that. Then I started to get my crap together one piece at a time, and the last piece, which didn't come until my early 30s, was therapy. And man, I wish it came along sooner. Ever since I started sitting down as a licensed therapist, I've had a place to voice my insecurities and try to fashion plans to help me achieve my goals. So that's why I'm thrilled we're sponsored by BetterHelp. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, and it's designed to be flexible, convenient, and suited to meet your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and the good thing is you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash WHM today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash WHM. So we're getting in this fight. It's like Jim Carrey is like, why don't we do something original and creative? I'm working with this shit-ass fucking director, man. Well, because the, the, the doll does do an exorcist head spin. Oh, it absolutely is, does. Right, yeah, and, and Jim Carrey actually calls it out as being an exorcist ripoff. And, and then Peter Swan's offended. Dude, this is where Liam Neeson, well, this character is just like, it's not stealing, it's a homage. And I'm like, homage. The up. way he says it is homage, nuts. dude. Yeah. That's yeah. a hard H. An homage. <laughs> uh, so they get in a big fight or whatever, and it's revealed that Jim Carrey is, uh, uh, has taken a little bit of a break from the junk. And so he's kind of feeling it and whatever. And, and Liam Neeson like points this out like on set in front of everybody. He's like, oh, you're fiending, aren't you? Oh, I knew you couldn't stay clean, Johnny, and all this shit. They have this big blowout or whatever. And he's like, why don't you go to your trailer? Or Jim Carrey says, like, I'll go to my trailer. Just let me level out, man. And then we'll come back here and make some really good art. And I'm like, oh, man. And then he gets murdered. Well, it's a weird, <laughs> it's a weird murder because it's like he's doing a speedball, and yeah, I guess someone scares him to death. Really, like because he doesn't get strangled. I thought, or, I thought no, like no, someone shoved pills down his throat. It's no, it's neither of those things. Oh, I'm thinking about Jimi Hendrix. <laughs> and how they really did when the it. government killed him? Yeah, all the Twenty Seven Club. <laughs> No, he's in there, and then like someone comes in, and he's like, "Hey, man!" And the person takes an inhaler and shoves it in his mouth and sprays him with poison. Oh, is what it is. There's God, like God, a God. new poison drug on the street. Inhaler. Yeah, dude. Eastwood wow. talks about the delivery system in a police scene, but minutes later. Oh, cool. <laughs> I guess I'll watch the movie sometime. <laughs> but you know, it's this thing where. He, you know, you don't know whether or not he recognizes the person. Yeah. And it's like, he sprays the shit in his mouth. And Jim Carrey, for one last bit of Jim carrying on in this movie, starts running around this RV like he's a cartoon character that just ate a bunch of hot sauce. <laughs> and it's really like, oh, well, it's a dumb and dumber scene. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then he just falls back down on this couch and dies. And they do, again... Annoying continuity shit. Like, late, you see him dead, and it's Jim Carrey is dead on this couch. 
Which is weird because he doesn't often play characters that die. No, I don't, I don't think I've ever seen him die. So it's die. weird. And then later when they, we're in the RV and it's like Callahan and Quan are in there. It's a totally different position of this yeah. body. And his eyes are looking in a different direction and whatever. And you're like, come on, just go back and look at the footage. No. No, in no. whichever order you shot these scenes, so, look at the no, one you already did. Here's the problem is all these alternate timelines keep happening. Oh, yeah. And, and they're, <laughs> the like, they're writing over each other. So now he's in a different position. <laughs> yeah. It's like yeah. Zero Hour, the uh, DC Comics crossover. I'll take your word for it. Please. <laughs> Yeah, we won't get into it, but we believe you're telling the truth. <laughs> so we're at this crime scene. It's now a crime scene, and Quan and Callahan are there, and this is where Al Quan starts in with the fucking jokes, because he's like, wow, I never knew moving to homicide would get me to meet celebrities, and fucking Eastwood's just like, you're not going to get his damn signature, his autograph, or whatever. And it's just like, I don't need the joke cracking because no. it's already coming from Callahan mm-hmm. and it's coming from a couple other people. And this fucking Al Quan is the only one that's just he's just a joke machine. <laughs> Al Quan the joke machine. <laughs> <laughs> that's what they call me down at my local open mic. <laughs> don't you dare partner me with another joke machine. <laughs> that's what I call them. That robot you gave me last time was terrible. <laughs> That's what we need. We need one of these movies where, where Dirty Harry is up with a robot, you know? Yeah. You know? The robot can, like, crunch the numbers, and mm. then he'll be able to, like, kill faster. I don't know. <laughs> Harry, the, the uh, probability of us getting out of this scrape is 100 million to one. Never tell me the odds, Jokebot. <laughs> hey, Jokebot, I'll take it. <laughs> Then they drive over a bridge that's coming up <laughs> successfully. <laughs> Harry, you uh, you certainly couldn't could have also arrested that gentleman. <laughs> Police procedure says you're only supposed to fire if your life is in danger, but the threat had gone out. Joe Bot, why don't you crunch these numbers? How much would it take to give this punk three squares a day on the taxpayer's dime? <laughs> I say I did I did society a favor by supplying him with a pine box. <laughs> You know, someone had a job building that pine box. I'm creating jobs now. And now that punk's got a job pushing up daisies. <laughs> you like daisies, joke bot? Define daisy. It's a flower, you eat it. <laughs> <laughs> Just picturing Dirty Harry picking flowers and eating them. These daisies are delicious. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. That was a dandelion. <laughs> Quan, you put another dandelion in my daisy bowl. Daisy chain? That's something, right? <laughs> that is something. What it's was a, that again? It's a, it's a lot of things. It's, okay, it's, let's not. It's talk like a about wreath it. of flowers. First, we're, also, we're using a daisy chain right now to correct color. Oh, it's not to nothing. connect uh, three headphones. It's into not one. a sexual. Oh, it's oh, it also a sexual. sexual. Oh, okay, that's what I was thinking. But yeah. I, don't, I don't know. I don't recall the exact position. But I'll look it up later. <laughs> so enter uh, Patricia Clarkson in this. Oh, movie right. As yes, the uh, hard-nosed reporter. Uh, apparently, like uh, a, a real Nancy Sturgeon stand-in comes in. Nancy Sturgeon. Uh, said Nancy. Spongin. Spongin. Shit. Yeah. Whatever. And so. Uh, a real Nancy Spongin uh, stand-in comes in. She's like, is that my daughter? 
water in there? Oh, yeah. Is that my Johnny Squares in there? Oh, this chick pulls up in this like blue Corvette or yeah. whatever and starts flipping the fuck out. And like Patricia Clarkson's on scene with her cameraman and like, you know, she's being really insensitive because she's like in- trying to interview this person that's just finding out that her boyfriend died. Dude, she gets in this woman's face and she's just like, excuse me, are you related to the deceased? Is this going to affect you negatively? Who are you? What's <laughs> happening? Yeah, I know. Like, what is, what footage are you going to get out of this woman? It's like, like she would take that back to the news studio and they would be like, well, this is, you're clearly just harassing this person. It's insane. <laughs> the, the level, like, the, the lens is right in her face. And, it's amazing. And Eastwood's like, hey, get that camera out of her face, lady. <laughs> Why don't you have a heart like me? A heart as big as the moon. <laughs> have some compassion like me, dirty Harry Callahan. <laughs> <laughs> This is bullshit. You know, you're being really unprofessional right now. You could have just scheduled an interview for a later date, but you're breaking the rules and getting in her face. Really unprofessional. Give me that camera. I'm going to do to it what I did to joke bot. (laughs) And he hucks it. Yeah, he does. The shot of this camera hitting the ground is one of the funniest things. Because it's just this Eastwood toss. You kind of get some POV from the camera. Like, no. It's like, yeah, you're going to look at my tweed jacket for a minute. Then you're going to fall on the ground, camera. Because this thing just, like, hits the ground and, like, a... You expect because it's a movie, like things are going to be a little exaggerated. This thing's going to like break into pieces. Yeah. But it's very realistic. Like a little tiny bit of it chips off. And Patricia Clarkson's like, oh, well, great. It's destroyed. Oh, man, that camera. Callahan one, camera zero. (laughs) Your move, camera. I'm here all day. Then he's looking over his shoulder, seeing like tourists with like Polaroids. Oh, my God. They're after me. That camera put a hit on me from the grave. (laughs) Ghost camera. Don't trust cameras anymore. Those Amish were right. (laughs) They'll steal your soul right out of your body. (laughs) This movie ended with him being becoming Amish. I would have loved it. (laughs) That's that's the natural progression of the film, the whole series, really. I think so. I gotta retire to. To Pennsylvania Dutch territory. <laughs> but no, then that's that movie Frantic takes place. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Now there's been an Amish murder. Gotta suit back up again. Is that the right Harrison Ford <laughs> No, movie? you're thinking of uh, Wit- Witness. Witness. Yeah, Witness. Witness. Yeah. What's Frantic? What's he doing in that movie? I think uh, he's in Europe or something. Uh, it's something about an airport. Yeah, uh, sure. yeah, witness. Yeah, where the, the there's a Amish murder. I gotta solve this Amish murder the old fashioned <laughs> way. I have to build a wooden magnum <laughs> <laughs> and start murdering Amish people. <laughs> that would actually come in handy with vampires too. Oh yeah, oh, yeah maybe maybe that'll be the sequel after that. <laughs> My Harry Callahan, vampire hunter. So Patricia Clarkson kind of like sues or something, threatens to sue him for $2 million. Threatens. And, you know, the the captain's all put out, and then the lieutenant's like, we can't do this. She she basically like says, I'm going to forego this lawsuit if you have dinner with me. Which is just like, whatever. Come on, character. Don't do that. 
and they're having, sue these people. Well, they have two dinners. One, they're, they're just kind of drinking beers and hanging out at, at Muldoon's. It's a real Muldoon's, and I was like, man, is this? A, did Callahan pick this place? He's drinking a real. He's not drinking a Bud Heavy. He's got like he's got himself a Guinness there because he's oh Callahan. He's an Irishman. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> oh, that's this is in character. <laughs> I studied. I'm drinking a Guinness. That's as dark as I'll go if you get my drift. <laughs> Harry Callahan. I gotta prepare. <laughs> go to the go to the mother country. <laughs> Dude, that would be great. It's like Boondock Saints Tuba with Harry Callahan. I would love it. Yeah. yeah. Maybe someone murdered my sheep farmer father. Or maybe he comes across the boondock saying, it's like, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> so he has to kill them. Too. I would love if in the first five minutes of Boondock Saints three a door just gets kicked in, and it's like now Clint Eastwood yeah. as Dirty Harry, and he just murders them, and it's a movie about something completely different. Here, here's an idea that can't happen because Charles Bronson's dead. But <laughs> why, in like 1981, why wasn't there a Freddy versus Jason with Bronson versus Eastwood? And oh, like, maybe yeah. it's even Callahan versus uh, Paul, whatever his name, Kersey. Kersey. Kersey, yeah, yeah, like it's Death Wish versus Dirty Harry. Like, oh yeah, that would be great. That and like, you great. know what? Like, make it out of continuity. Like, it's you know, whoever dies, they can come back for another sure. movie, whatever. But just like, like just, Jason yeah. and Fred, <laughs> exactly. Like, I would, I would also take Charles Bronson versus Jason, <laughs> or Charles Bronson versus Freddy. Look at you, puns gum. <laughs> You got lake all over you. <laughs> Gotta go kill that big round head over there in the hockey mask. <laughs> hey, leave those kids alone. <laughs> or, like, so who else could it be, though, if it was like an Expendables type thing? So Paul Kersey, Harry Callahan, Mitchell could be involved. Get oh, Joe yeah. Don Baker to sign up for Absolutely. this. And they're like, a mo- they're like fighting monsters. <laughs> They're all like sure. they're like a, an elite squad to fight. Monsters. I just want a winner takes all battle royale, though. Like, Gene Hackman as Popeye Doyle. Yes, yes, <laughs> yep, <laughs> guaranteed. Mm-hmm. That's a good fucking police. Get Serpico rumble. in there. Yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> This is a is real a, police rumble I want to see. Zombie Serpico, or <laughs> he's alive. Oh, okay. He li- he makes it through that movie. <laughs> Frank Serpico, the real person, is still alive. I think. Oh yeah, really? He, he moved yeah. to Vermont. Mm-hmm. Get out of the filthy city. He'd had enough. Because, you know, Eric, the thing about the end of Serpico is Serpico still loses because he realizes that no matter what, no matter who he takes down, no matter how much corruption he, he, he snuffs out, there's always going to be somebody else. Sounds like a pussy to me. <laughs> I always assumed that it just caught up with him. Oh, no, that, that's what the movie is. It's Harry Callahan, uh, Paul Kersey, and Popeye Doyle chase down Serpico to kill him. <laughs> He's bad in the department. <laughs> He's giving us all a bad name. <laughs> They're all on the take. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I see. That's the thing is, I don't like Callahan doesn't play by the rules, but he also would not be taking bribes. There is one of these sequels where he takes down a ring of corrupt cops. Oh, that's fun because these cops are like taking it upon themselves to just actually do like Death Wish type stuff and yeah. just murder these criminals. And he's like, boys, boys, boys. <laughs> You're taking the fun out of it. <laughs> You're a bit on my corner, if you know yeah. what I mean. Hey, guys, it's all about the thrill of the hunt. <laughs> so uh, she, th- this first dinner kind of comes to nothing. Because she, she wants to do a profile. And he's like, no fucking way. <laughs> no dice, lady. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I'm taking this Guinness to go. <laughs> Dude, if he just carried a glass of beer out of the bar. <laughs> I'll um, bring this back tomorrow, Laura. <laughs> and the bartender's like, it's okay, you're in here every day. <laughs> I mean, the the so there, there's like six movies going on, right? It's a lot to juggle in, uh, in like a 95-minute movie. The next movie we get is, <laughs> it's more of a death wish, or I'm sorry, more of a Dirty Harry thing, which is a holdup at a Chinese restaurant. They're in Chinatown. Yep. This is when Quan is just like trying to get as much backstory as he can in 80 seconds or less. Go! And Dude, like, it uh, is... I used to be in gangs. Uh, I used to be in a triad and uh, <laughs> and uh, my grandfather is actually super, super, really superstitious and um, uh, what else happened? What else is Chinese? Um, 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 um. Because then a dude gets shot through a window. He would have kept going with Chinese accolades but a dude gets shot through a window. And this is... Somehow, a dude gets shot through the window and Callahan's like... Oh, I got a good singer for this. So he kind of like <laughs> sneaks in as opposed to like, you know, busting in or calling for backup. He's like, hey, Quan, you do legitimate police stuff. I got a really good singer. <laughs> and he's sitting next to this terrified woman somehow in the restaurant he seconds later. sneaks into this thing like a cartoon character. And he's just sitting there at the table. He's like, hey, I read your fortune cookie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're shit out of luck. <laughs> and he bl- blows this guy away. Just obviously. straight murders this dude. You're shit out of luck. Blam town. Not like freeze um, the police. You're under arrest. Yeah, totally does not identify himself. That guy dies not knowing who murdered him. It's just was... like some, yeah, it's just some guy at the <laughs> restaurant shot him. He's going down to hell. Like, what was with that one liner? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember the end of it. Oh, fuck. <laughs> and then so like there's all these the dudes in this gang look like a bunch of beach bums. Yeah. And they're all just like trying to take him out and he's shooting people into fish tanks left and right Ooh. in this scene. And it just so happens uh and then this is when we find out we've not learned that Quan does martial arts, but one guy gets away and Harry's yeah. chasing after him. You think it's going to be a dirty Harry chase, but like Quan just kicks his ass and again, pretty sweet martial art moves. Yeah. He's like Hey, that's pretty cool. Yeah, he goes because like he references a line that the lieutenant had earlier in the movie about like the whole like teaming him with a Chinese American would be good for the you know morale of the department or whatever it is. And he comes up to him and he's like, "Wow, it appears teaming me with a Chinese American is good for the department's public image." And like taps him on the shoulder and walks away. And Quan's just like, "Did you see what I did back there?" Did you see? I just, I took that guy down with my bare hands and my feet. To be fair, I didn't fucking shoot three dudes in the face. That guy's still alive. If, now we could find out who they were working for, yeah. what they were doing. <laughs> exactly. Now we could do some actual police work. <laughs> no dice. <laughs> Uh, we find out that the guy that got killed in the restaurant, just incidentally, right? There's no larger scheme here. Happened to be one of the yeah. producers of the movie that He's had the, a, the, the, production the production accountant. accountant. Okay. Uh, who had the death list in his pocket. Right. So let's, all, so let's explain the Deadpool. Yes. Now. So they've discovered that a bunch of people, Liam Neeson included, on the, on the production team of Hotel Satan... 
Jesus, that sounds so dumb. They have really cool production jackets, and I kind of want one. Uh, yeah. yeah, I was eyeing that. Yeah, <laughs> Those nice little satin crew jackets. Because you know what it is? It's the sick, like, snap button. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. a shiny jacket, too. Oh, man. With a nice deep embroider on the back. Right, I had a jacket like that scene. that was Chicago Bulls, man. That's pretty it's a cool. shiny starter jacket. It was great. Wow, a Knicks fan. With I know. Fans. It was, well, yeah, everybody loved Jordan to a degree. Sure, yeah, you got to play that game yeah. back in the nineties. Um, but a dead, the Deadpool yes. is everybody uh, got together and said, "Hey, as a fun game, you know, let's write out celebrities and who we think are going to die in the next year or next time." And an interesting twist of this is that they're only local <laughs> Bay Area <laughs> yes. celebrities or like people that are in the Bay Area. So like Liam Neeson, the whole thing is Liam Neeson has uh, Jim Carrey's character's name, Johnny Squares, on his list. Yeah. So he was like, well, Johnny Squares is going to be in the Bay Area for a couple months shooting my film. Better put him on here. And he put Harry Callahan as well. Yes. Because Harry Cal- and like, you know, when, when confronted about it. By the way, P- P- Patricia Clarkson puts this together. Yep. They just find a list in his pocket in this dead guy's pocket and Eastwood's like weird sure wish I didn't kill anybody I could have asked a question the only thing he thinks he solves is at one point Al Quan's like look what they wrote next to Johnny Square's name R.I.P. and he goes hey Quan R.I.P. rest in peace and I was like yep you cracked it Callahan <laughs> like like Very a fucking good. Nazi code breaker. <laughs> you did it. Oh, that would have been great. Him in the imitation game. <laughs> I just cracked Enigma. <laughs> get out of my fucking face, Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> if you get my drift. H.H. Heil Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> get the machines running, boys. Joke bot, get on it. <laughs> I would just love it if, like, Alquan or Jokebot or anybody in the vicinity was just like, yeah, we fucking know what rest in peace is. You're this star detective. The rest wor- in peace is the only thing you've solved. The world's greatest detective. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone always wanted him to play the old Batman, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah I, I'm one of those people. Um, where but was that supposed to be? Well, no, it just was always a rumor. Like, oh, that'd be such a cool idea, especially right. when Eastwood the, was still doing it. You the, know? the Frank Miller one, Dark Knight Returns. Yeah, right? like everyone was like, oh, it'd be great to get Eastwood. Oh, to play yeah, that, that would have been cool. And so it's wait, wait. R.I.P. Rest in peace. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Eastwood's still alive. No, I mean, I meant, I meant that opportunity. Yes, is dead. yes. Clint um, Eastwood's still alive, directing movies nobody wants to see. Um, but the weird, yeah, again, Patricia. So there's this list, and there's no like, hey, Quan, you want to like. Go to a coffee shop and talk about what this might mean. <laughs> like nothing. The next scene is Patricia maybe Clark's- maybe we could talk about your rich cultural background. <laughs> you could pepper that in, and I could tell you about all my ex wives. Hey, Quan, you know what? I, you know what's been keeping me up at night? Not knowing literally everything about your grandfather. <laughs> So let's get back to that over lunch. (laughs) Or maybe talk about this case or whatever, which they never, ever do. Nope. No, 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 no. He's just like, well, eventually this will play it. Hey, Quan, stop with the books. Eventually this will play itself out in a mano-a-mano situation. And me and Lucille will take it over. Lucille does my thinking for me. (laughs) So, yeah, Patricia Clarkson, like, breaks the news about the Deadpool, and he's like, oh, wow, that's a pretty good detail. (laughs) So then they question... Yeah, there's a scene of him watching television being like, 
Oh, that's all. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> and um, you know, he confronts Neeson. Neeson's like, you know, blah blah blah. I just only picked celebrities. You know, uh, Johnny Squares had a drug problem. Right. That's that's you know probably was going to kill him. You know, you're a high risk. You know, they got the whole fucking Italian mafia after you. By the way, that's a C plot of this movie. Yep. <laughs> uh, so I figured you'd be dead pretty soon. By the way, this whole conversation where he's questioning Liam Neeson is taking place at Jim Carrey's funeral. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. in attendance, it's the first scene with Guns and Roses. There's fucking Slash. There's Axl Rose. There's the other two nobody remembers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're just there at this funeral. And it's <laughs> there's like a priest. And Slash has the fucking hat on. Take take your hat off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Funeral, show some respect. Take off that bone hat while you're there, please, <laughs> Slash. And he's like, you know, we're trying to have the fucking funeral for Jim Carrey over here. <laughs> Not a place for a fucking police interrogation. All right, all right. I'll walk among the tombstones to talk to you. (laughs) I'll go real fast so it's nonstop right to you. (laughs) You know, the Reaper took him. He was taken by the Reaper. And now you're taking up my time. (laughs) Part three. Um, uh, then he goes out. He takes Patricia Clarkson out to real a, a real night nice restaurant. Not not a restaurant because this is a nineteen eighties black as sin uh, wood panel brass fixtures, and you can get yourself a nice twelve dollars Salisbury steak there. Oh, absolutely! But here's the thing: a couple things about this restaurant that are fascinating to me. Oh, it's restaurant. Excuse me. This restaurant has a couple of details that we cannot miss. One of which is it's called the Zero C Restaurant. Oh, really? Zero C. And also to get to the Zero C Restaurant, you go through the Zero C Gateway into an elevator that takes you up a couple flights. And then you walk along this long ass sidewalk and then you get to the restaurant main gates. Every time someone comes and goes from this restaurant... That's how you have to do it. What an obnoxious setup. I mean, it would, it would fail. It's not even like, because it's not a, what do you call it, like a revolving restaurant or like, you know, a really nice view. It's, it's just like, like second store. You know? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> no one would know it existed. I'm like, oh, I'm not going to go through that rapey parking lot just to get to your shitty restaurant. It is so obnoxious that this is how you get in and out of this dump. <laughs> And obviously Eastwood picked it, picked it. You know, you don't you don't see the salad bar, which there definitely had to have been. Absolutely, it's this is like a a independently owned Ruby Tuesdays. Yes. you know what I mean. It's mm-hmm. like that salad bar is coming with everything. Mm-hmm. Eastwood gets his fucking pennies worth of this thing. <laughs> you get your choice of baked potato for sure. <laughs> um, and a lot yeah. of cubed ham. And, <laughs> And um, a little more cubed ham for me and my lady friend. Hey, waitress, salad bars out of cottage cheese. <laughs> Let's get that shit refilled before my soft serve ice cream gets here. Well, it's not, Harry, it's not that. Important. No, it's the fucking point of the matter. <laughs> Fill your fucking salad bar. <laughs> I don't want cottage cheese, but I better see it there. Where's all the shredded cheddar to put on my salad? Oh, nowhere, because this is a mismanaged fucking salad bar. Let me talk to the manager. Lucille wants to talk to the manager. Hey, 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 I don't care that the cottage cheese ain't stocked up, but Lucille's real pissed off about it. Her blood's boiling. (laughs) 
I mean, this whole scene is just a prelude to one, a scene where some guy, two guys, like, say, hey, oh, it's Harry Callahan. They follow him out to the parking lot. And you're like, oh, shit, here, here it, it comes. comes. Yeah. And he's like, hey, man. And he pulls out this magnum and puts it under this guy's throat. And. <laughs> In a in in a Herculean show of restraint, doesn't blow this guy away, right? And he's like, no, "Oh no. my God, I'm gonna kill him! I'm gonna kill him! Oh my God, I'm gonna kill him!" Someone talked to me in public in front of my lady friend whilst we were both digesting. <laughs> Holy fuck! I didn't kill him. Somebody call Guinness. I didn't fucking kill him. Oh, I'm, it's another alternate timeline. <laughs> One where I'm not an unhinged, murderous cop. <laughs> and, of course, he's like, hey, I just wanted your autograph because I think you're such an awesome cop. And here's the thing. These two gentlemen, you're clearly both two 45-year-old mustachioed guys yep. asking for autographs. This is a one-way train to loser town. <laughs> Give me a fucking break. And, then, and it's not like Johnny Squares. It's a <laughs> local yeah. cop. Yeah. Even if he is a hero cop, come on. And it's just this whole thing about, oh, yeah, we're just so glad you stood up to Gennaro. There's some good people in this town standing up to this scum or whatever. And he's like, you got no idea how <laughs> close you just came to having your brains painted all over the front of Zero C restaurant's door. There's a timeline that's coexisting with this one where I murdered you. <laughs> the problem was I had three steaks for dinner, so I was a little slow on the draw. Had I not just finished all three of those steaks at, at Ruby Tuesdays, Endless Steak Tuesdays, yeah, I know when to come here. You hey, be dead, buddy. I would have been more filled if that pain in the ass had remembered to fill the goddamn fucking cottage cheese bucket at the salad bar. Boy, my blood's still boiling from that. <laughs> so they lo- they walk away, and you know Patricia Clarkson's like, "Oh, that was fun when you pulled out a gun on nobody for no reason." She's like, "You're getting your 15 minutes, Callahan." And the other guy's like, "Oh man, better change my shorts." <laughs> yeah, oh, wow, I was just talking to this hero cop, and he made me shit my fucking pants. That's your autograph, buddy. <laughs> hey, save them drawers. There's my John Hancock for you. <laughs> It's also great because it's 1988, and I guess that phrase of 15 minutes of fame wasn't that famous yet. So Patricia Clarkson had to say, you know, Andy Warhol says everyone's famous <laughs> yeah. for 15 You know, it just has to go through the whole lineage of that. That's right, Missy. You better cite your sources <laughs> when you talk to me. <laughs> hey, I know Andy Warhol. <laughs> I'm a cop, not a fucking caveman. <laughs> I know my Warhol quotes. So they get into this elevator, and obviously the mafia starts shooting it up like nobody's business. They're like two floors down, you know, 100 meters away. I and could just... do this with my fucking eyes closed. Yes. It's unbelievable that they live through this. And also these exposed elevators in movies. Yeah, you're asking for it. <laughs> yeah. Dude, this is, you never go to the Zero C restaurant. It's just, it's a death trap. It but is. it's great because they're firing, and they both drop to the floor, and he's covering her. 
And clearly, if I'm firing at this thing, I'm like, oh, wait, they ju- jumped down, and I'm shooting at nothing yeah, right now. Let me totally, save my bullets. It's a see-through <laughs> elevator. Exactly. You know what's going on. And they're just fire. They're, just lo- they're reloading and loading and loading again. It's outrageous. I mean, this scene goes on, and it's like... More bullet holes. Patty Clarkson is screaming, <laughs> screaming, screaming, screaming. And Eastwood's just like, can we get on with the movie, please? <laughs> My metachlorians won't allow them to shoot me. <laughs> I'm bulletproof. And they come out. Uh, he comes out because, again, they have to reload again because they've used six clips on this dude <laughs> on nothing. And they both get blown away. You it's know? like as many bullets as they took to get Sonny Corleone on the <laughs> yeah. causeway. Is, this is one of the ones he shoots on the back, right? Yeah. This, it's yeah. just like, I, you've exhausted all your bullets. I've used the force to deflect them. <laughs> he gets well. No, this isn't. It, this isn't a back one. It's some, for some reason, I think one of them runs and he shoots them. No, right? that's in the car scene, oh, the beginning. For, yeah, forgive the, me. one of the mafia guys tries <laughs> oh, yeah. to run away. Okay, yeah. But this, it's fucking hilarious because they try to get to the getaway car and Eastwood like fires and this guy goes to open the door and it's like unlock the fucking <laughs> door, Jerry. And he turns around and Eastwood blows this guy away. But then the the second dude gets away again. He only murders arrest. one person in this scene. Arrest that guy. Yeah, shoot him in the leg. Don't you shoot doing kill shots every time. <laughs> yeah, it's not like he's, and it's not like he's shooting in the chest because he's not a good marksman. He's it's headshots every time. Oh yeah, it's amazing. He's getting them right in the noggin. I've lived through the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> it's literally just me and Lucille left. Cut off the head or destroy the brain. <laughs> That would be a great TV show, too. Oh, Dirty yeah. Harry, just in the zombie apocalypse. Yeah. Fear, the, Fear the Walking Callahans. <laughs> <laughs> it's, all, it's from the zombies' perspective. <laughs> hey, anybody see a point to this show? No? All right, just asking. <laughs> Continue to fear the walking dead. Um, I mean, we'll see, but fucking whatever. Yes. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Now we got cut to prison. Um, oh, yeah, we got to take a trip to... Well, I guess it's, it wouldn't be uh, Alcatraz. No. I wish it was, though. They, they closed it that's, down. That's a pretty good Eastwood movie. Oh, yeah. I'm uh, escaping from Alcatraz. Using a spoon and my grit. <laughs> and, I, and these clothes I lifted. <laughs> so, yeah, we go to this prison. He goes to this big bruiser guy, and he's like, Hey, want a carton of cigarettes? Yeah. He's like, um, Sure. All you got to do is stand when I talk to this guy. (laughs) And he goes up to him, and he goes on this long-ass mailman metaphor, and he takes this shit for a walk. Oh, yeah. He goes up to Gennaro, and he's like, look, Gennaro, it's got to end with the killing. You you nearly took out my lady friend and destroyed my favorite way to get to my favorite restaurant. No one can get to that restaurant now that the elevator's broken. Look, I get it, Gennaro. I was pissed off they didn't fill up the cottage cheese, too. But no reason to go shooting up my favorite dining establishment. So he's like, all right. You right now you become the mailman. And he's like, What the fuck are you talking about? And he's like, You're the mailman because every week I'm gonna send a letter to my big buddy over there. And if I take care of his mother and take care of his parking tickets. And then if he don't get none of those letters because something befalls me, guess what happens? 
he's gonna go talk to you because you're the mailman and you need to refund his stamps and there better not be the long line. And he's gonna expect tracking information. I love it that like this whole system of like I'm going to mail you letters yeah. addressed to this dude yes. and you have to deliver them. But, but if your guys kill me and he doesn't get a letter, he's gonna murder your ass. Isn't there also a thing here where the, they're like and and he's in here for cannibalism. Oh, oh yeah. He's and so if cute. he doesn't get if he doesn't get my letter, he's gonna eat you. He's no. gonna bite you up. He's going to start chowing down on you like me at that buffet. You know what? This guy is the head of the fucking mafia. I'd be like, so what? You know what? You just got that big goon killed. Because the second yeah. you leave, all of my hundreds of goons that are clearly in this prison, I'm safer inside a prison because I'm a mafia guy that I'm outside. Right. He's dead. He's just totally dead. They're going to they're gonna find a way to kill this And he's guy. like, hominy, hominy, hominy. It's like, no. The guy, <laughs> like he gives, Eastwood goes back and he gives the dude the cigarettes. And then the guy, he says like, Oh, yeah. That, see that crumb bum down there I was talking to? You know what he said about you? He said that smoking kills, and anyone who smokes is a fucking moron. And then this guy's like, grrr. And then this, like, mafia kingpin's like, whoo! And, like, gets in his cell and closes the door. I just feel like then, like, Dirty Harry turns and walks away, and then, like, five guys shiv that big guy to death. Exactly! <laughs> In the, no, instead, he's in in his cell trying to figure out this Baroque mail system that he just laid out. Wait, am I allowed to be closed on holidays? How does that work? Now, this is when we cut to a very important scene in the movie. Is there one? <laughs> no. It's a comedy show. Sorry. No, we cut to Slash from Guns N' Roses yes. on this, like, fucking... It's supposed to be like a sinking pirate ship or yeah. something, and he's got a harpoon gun. Yep. And Slash from Guns N' Roses fires this harpoon gun, and, and we're filming this dumb movie again. We're back to fucking Hotel Satan. Mm -hmm. And Liam Neeson is we're just... We're back in this movie. Yeah, and Liam Neeson is flipping out. There's a great, like... G side plot where Liam Neeson has had it up to here with this special effects guy because something goes wrong with the doll at the beginning of the movie mm. and he's like you're the worst fucking special effects guy in Hollywood and all this stuff and then he's like the harpoon was supposed to hit the dummy not the window no more cock ups well I guess he's a red herring right like because you think like that's what it's going on yes it's, well, we're, this is like the second red herring of the movie is this guy this put upon special effects wizard yeah you, you, you're led up to think maybe he's Roy <laughs> <laughs> um, the second kill that the serial killer makes is the one with the, the critic right the lady uh, well, th well this is technically the second one because isn't the kill is the killer responsible for the production accountant or is that just happens no that, that just, that's just total bizarre happenstance <laughs> that has nothing to do with anything okay so the killer yes yeah, so there's this Pauline Kale-esque film critic mm -hmm. who we see on TV again this dude with his little ponytail is just in his apartment watching all sorts of local TV yeah and there's this critic who's like you know Pauline Kael famously like hated most movies, right? Yeah. You know, she's a very difficult critic. And that's what this lady is. And so she's at her like very nice, paid for it by a famous film critic salary apartment in 1988. <laughs> and like this dude bursts in there and it's uh, here's the thing. It's clearly a guy doing an impression of Liam Neeson. A bad one. Yes. 
And it's so obvious that I don't know how they expected anyone to be fooled. Like, you know what? If you really want to send your audience for a head trip or whatever, like, just have Liam Neeson do that audio. Yeah. And it yeah. just so happens this guy's got a really good Liam Neeson impression because <laughs> it's clearly just this guy mimicking well, Liam Neeson. What, and I'm like, all right, so Liam Neeson isn't the killer. What's weird is like this guy breaks into that house and he's yeah. like stabbing up her couch and, <laughs> he and, does. and getting the knife towards her. Like, and you hate my movies. He's like, you know who I am, right? <laughs> yeah. Right? No? Uh, here are my credits and my name is Peter Swan. And she's like, oh, Peter Swan. Yep. And I thought he, I, I thought he was going to let her live just to identify the killer. But right. No. I thought, What's the point? I also thought he was trying to like have her die from natural causes because oh, she's like, oh, to death. She's oh, like, yeah. oh my, my heart medicine, blah blah blah. And he's right. like, I'm going to keep cutting up your couch, lady. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to keep cutting up this couch until you die. <laughs> so you were the couch. But he stabs her to death. Right? Oh yeah, she's brutally murdered and. It's this weird, like, to your point, the, the whole red herring thing, it's always problematic in movies like this. If you're going to do a red herring, you need yeah. three legitimate actors, yes. and one of them turns out to be the killer, and the other guy turns out to be the real red herring. In this movie, it's Liam Neeson, total legitimate actor. But it's 1988, so no one, like, really knows him either. But he's third build in the movie. Right, you know, right, right. So he's, he's been in stuff, but yeah. at the same time, like... It winds up being nobody. At the end of the movie, it's like, oh, wait, guess what? It was somebody you never saw before. It's a sixth guy. Yeah, yeah. it's totally inconsequential, which is bullshit with this kind of storytelling. And, uh, and you know, honestly, I'd rather it just be Liam Neeson at the end of the day. Like, sure. Then, then, then he's fighting Harry Callan at the end, and that's something I could almost watch. Like, do you think this was a thing where, like, maybe the script, like, said it one way yeah. and then it was like no we'll change it it'll be it, it's going to be so out of left field the audience is going to be so surprised or something but it's not you can only surprise me with somebody that i've been introduced to and care about right right, right. <laughs> if it was Quan, i'd be like holy shit Quan was the guy the whole time wow that's really unbelievable actually <laughs> it's literally unbelievable or maybe somehow tie in the mafia that'd be nice heaven forbid yeah. we we tie some of these threads together the mafia loves gambling <laughs> deadpool's a gamble yeah oh, it's yeah. kind of a gamble sure yeah, they never, never know out, who's gonna die they never lay out what the stakes are as far as no, that, the game's no. concerned i want to because this is like big hollywood money in here either that or it's a sex game oh that could be what, what's the like prize? the winner, the winner and the loser, like Daisy chain. first place and last place after Daisy Chain. Yes. Yeah. Another thing missing from that salad bar was daisies. <laughs> How could you have a salad without a little floral effervescence? <laughs> so. All right, let's let's cut to the third act of this movie. We we do see the special effects guy buy a motorized car, and that comes to nothing. Like, is that what is that? He's buying all sorts of like little things from like a hardware store. Mm -hmm. But so then there's like to 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 get us to the end of this movie. There's a fucking Phil Donahue s character who's again local San Francisco celebrity mm -hmm. uh, who's running some like you know shitty sleazy actually more like a Jerry Springer probably yeah, yeah. kind of show. And so then we see him, like, come out of his big mansion, and he's, like, going to play tennis. And then this, like, little race car comes up. As this guy, he backs out of his driveway and then, like, is sitting in the middle of the road, like, slowly adjusting his mirror. And we see the killer, like, with this dumbass remote control car. And he drives it under Phil Donahue's car and blows it up. And this yep. dude's murdered. Uh, like, the Dark Knight. Oh, what? <laughs> like, like, this, yeah. this whole, yeah. like, the... Like it, it looks like a little like 
black Corvette or something. It's like yeah. a little remote control car, but yeah. apparently I can't see it in the scene, but there's like 15 sticks of C4 under it <laughs> yeah. or something. Yeah, how much how much explosives could be in this little remote control car? It's, it's amazing. A, it's a little little remote control yeah, car that's car. able to take out an entire real car. <laughs> <laughs> and and a whole Phil Donahue. It's amazing. And like so it, it's the full Donahue. <laughs> I just got the full Donahue. Reminds me of that uh, Batman the Animated Series episode, the Great Beware the Great Ghost. They stole that from this. Which one is that? There's a guy with radio, remote control cars that drive under people. That's the one with Adam West. Oh, Ooh, interesting. It's yeah. a good one. Yeah, oh. I think they also uh, reused it in uh, Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> Isn't there? Doesn't it happen in Death Wish Five? Am I nuts? I remember mm, a remote control right. car mm. playing something in that, but well, I have to rewatch that whole series. Yeah, I don't know. So, yeah. so that happens. So, like this, someone's Deadpool list is like getting people really checked off yeah. here. Like the movie oh. is leading us to believe more and more that it's Liam Neeson. R.I.P., which stands for Rest in Peace, Eric. R.I.P. Rest in Peace. Oh, wait. Oh, really? Yeah, I just cracked that myself. <laughs> oh my god! All right. Well, oh. To do a little bit of a puzzle work on the side, <laughs> there's a quick scene that means absolutely nothing in this movie where he's like, I You think mean we, most of them? Yeah. Well, this one especially because he's like, I think we have our guy. Oh, this is my favorite scene in the movie. And so they go downtown and him and Quan get out of the car and it's this Vietnam vet throwing gasoline all over himself. And he's like, I better be on the news, Mr. Luthor. I'm going <laughs> to fucking light myself up. <laughs> and so to talk this guy down, because he, he will only talk to a news person that he recognizes patty clarkson has to go talk to this dude with eastwood pretending to be a cameraman <laughs> he's a local celebrity how do you not notice this? exactly it makes no sense and she's like no one's gonna watch you die today sir we're not gonna put this on tv but he even says like he knows about the case because he says he's the guy so you would clearly understand the very high profile detective working yes. the case yes yeah it's Pretty stupid. I mean, it just kind of happens, and she's like, we're not going to film you, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, oh, you know what? And he kind of drops it. He's got a road flare. He drops it. And, you know, she's like, I want to live. They're, they're talking him down, and, and Eastwood's like, when can I get the headshot? When can I get <laughs> yeah. the headshot? Wish I could have fit some bullets into this camera. <laughs> Retrofitted Lucille to this camera. <laughs> Action. <laughs> But this guy bursts into flames. He bursts into flames because the gasoline trail like rolls yeah. onto a flare. He's like got two flares and yeah. drops one. It rolls. This dude sets on fire. And an amazing turn of events here. Eastwood just pushes Patty Clarkson to the ground and then jumps out of frame. And we cut. And a dude who's 45 years younger than Clint Eastwood <laughs> tackles this guy who's on fire. And then you cut back, and it's Clint Eastwood again. Yeah, he's got a little, like, uh, schmutz on his windbreaker now. Yeah. I think it was Lawrence Taylor. <laughs> but what's also great is, like, the, the the shove he gives her was totally unnecessary. <laughs> yeah, she was way too far away from the and blast. She wasn't gonna do anything. Yeah, it's sorry, just... been waiting to do this all movie. Hoof, <laughs> it's my fetish. <laughs> I love to push women to the ground. <laughs> and I mean, again, that comes to nothing. It's absolutely it's got nothing. nothing to do with this movie. Because this is just a Murder, She Wrote episode with a couple of things peppered in. Well, like, we're padding it to make it, like, an actual movie with stuff like the mafia thing. Yeah. Because 
like a few scenes later, he's being followed by some dudes. He beats the shit out of them. They're like, no, 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 it's not what you think. It's not a hit. We're your mafia hired bodyguards because you know what? That conversation he had with Gennaro back in prison, mm-hmm. it really fucking stuck. Yeah. Now all the five families support Callahan and everything he does. <laughs> it's like, ridiculous. And now I'm I'm a member of the Cost, Costra Nostra. <laughs> what what is it? <laughs> Cosa Nostra. The, that too. Look, we're gonna agree. To stay in the olive oil business, we're not gonna sell. We're not gonna be selling drugs. And Harry Callahan is officially the greatest man who has ever lived. <laughs> oh, and by the way, our boss that was pushed around in prison by a flatfoot cop, he still is our boss. He's still <laughs> <laughs> because that other guy, we totally had him murdered. So that threat he set up, totally invalid. <laughs> Absurd. And it's it, very again, absurd. It, they, that's the only scene that they're like, hey, we're, we're your bodyguard, which is actually kind of a fun little thing to call back ever. But yeah, it, yeah. They, they those never... guys like literally help out Callahan yeah. at one point. Or like get murdered by the, by the other guy. Like they, you know, yeah, something like that. Do something besides take a punch. <laughs> so the big scene, the famous scene of this movie is the, uh, it's time for, it's Harry Callahan's time to die. So the guy's like, hey, that radio car thing worked out pretty well. Yeah, it worked out well the last time. Might as well repeat the method of murder, even though he never does that at any other time in this movie. Hey, Quan, you ever see the movie Bullet? <laughs> you better buckle up. Nobody's wearing seatbelts in this no. scene, by the way. So it's it's a car. Ch- it's kind of a it's a good car chase of. Um, but one is a toy car. It's yeah. fucking why, stupid. Why? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So not <laughs> only is this toy car loaded to the gills with explosives, it can also go. I don't, this is not really an exaggeration. Like ninety miles an yeah, hour. It's oh, yeah. going as fast as Callahan's car because he pulls up and he sees this toy car, and Al Quan is just like. Say, that's pretty silly. Time for a joke. And he's like, no, Quan, no joking. I've seen this before. Let's get the fuck out of here. <laughs> like, he puts it together because at the last blast scene, he's like, oh, looks like a tire from a toy car. R.I.P. Rest in peace. <laughs> <laughs> They've figured out a way to shrink down a real car. <laughs> Some crazy scientist is after me. Dude, doesn't what Ant I did Man to... take place in San Francisco? Yeah, yeah. Fucking <laughs> Hank Pym on the case yeah. shrunk that car down. Hank Pym is trying to get me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm gonna beat the crap out of Michael Douglas at the end of this one. <laughs> you just wait, Pym. I'm gonna beat up your mad scientist ass. My blood's boiling. So they're they are running away from this toy car. But the amazing thing is this serial killer who we learn is a schizophrenic nothing, you know, this a nobody. dude named Rook. Yeah, who's he is not only driving a real car to keep the car, the toy car yes. in range. Oh yeah. But controlling the toy car loaded with explosive. This guy, I don't know what, he's a genius or what? He's a talented wheel man. I kept thinking that the this the stuntman or the the special effects guy was in the, had to be riding shotgun cuz yeah. not two people cannot do this. And that's another thing that movies like this would do, right? It's yeah. the old scream thing. It's yeah. not a killer, it's killers kind yes. of thing. So yeah, it's this dude rook and then yet the special effects wizard has to be there, right? Mm. He's got to be there. There's no way this dude is driving 
driving 90 miles an hour in a real car and also just using his thumb to do the same thing with a toy car. Texting while driving is dangerous. <laughs> driving while driving is even worse. Well, this guy does it. Mm-hmm. And so they like he corners him. And this is a bit of bullshit because like Callahan tries to speed over the car after it's cornered. And this dude lets it blow. And only like the front of the car explodes. Quan's got like shrapnel in his chest. And Dirty Harry is f- totally fine again. Yes. Impervious. How to is any he damage. not dead? Yeah, it's yeah. ridiculous. I think it's because he's got the uh, metal exoskeleton. Oh, from, yeah. uh, Terminator. Yeah, he's a Terminator. I think. <laughs> I'm also a Terminator. <laughs> Turns out the joke bot was me. <laughs> I'm T forty five. Eighteen forty five. I came back to 1845 to kill John Connor's great-great-grandfather, <laughs> which I did, stopping that and ensuring <laughs> the machines. But I just kind of hung around and have been a, a detective well, ever since. Yeah, well, t- well, yeah, I hung around until I met uh, Doc Emmett Brown. <laughs> and uh, I shot him in the back over a matter of $80. Then I took his fancy train to the future. <laughs> So this psychologist comes in, like the end of Psycho, and explains multiple personality disorder. Yep. And he's just like, so this guy thinks that he's Liam Neeson and blah, blah, blah. Go get this, you know, this big character, Rook. Everybody likes Rook, right? What? (laughs) Yeah, it's just nobody. And it's Quan lives, by the way. He just, you know, he gets uh, uh, some shrapnel. But, like, he's like, oh, you know, my, my partner... Gave me some pretty good advice about wearing a bulletproof vest. It just might save my life. Oh, well, isn't that great? Quan, Al Quan lives to see another day. He also got uh, painted symbols on his body as grandfather did. Dude, oh, there's so much about it. Do we see the grandfather at the end or no? No, I don't think no. so, no. Good time to get a nice little grandfather cameo. I totally. would love it. We've been talking about him the whole fucking movie. We've been talking about him more than Rook. I want to see him in the background <laughs> holding a cane, cheering. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like good, like good job. You yeah, did it. I I agree. Actually, <laughs> Dirty Harry's like, is that a weapon in his hand? He's raising a weapon, and he hey, shoots Quan, him dead. Your grandfather tried to assassinate me with his cane, so I took him out with a clean headshot. I thought it was a blow gun with a poisonous dart. <laughs> I was fighting Chun Li in the street. And he was cheering in the background. So I threw him through a bunch of crates. <laughs> and then I punched a car till it exploded. <laughs> and then I kicked his head off. But in my defense, I thought he was Blanca. <laughs> he, your grandfather looks a little bit like Blanca. You can't hold that against me. Did he get that a lot before I murdered him? Looking like Blanca? <laughs> Yo, I'm sorry, but he should have been wearing a shirt. <laughs> Orange chest hair is only on two people, apparently. Your grandfather and the aforementioned Blanca. Look, no shirt, red chest hair, spewing lightning. I thought he was on bath salts. Didn't want him to fucking eat me. That, that Chun Li's a real piece of shit. Just stays in the corner and kicks. I left that fight. That was making my blood boil. Well, some good came from this situation because I shot him bison in the head. <laughs> Thus taking out a whole country's leadership. 
Um, whatever. So, so yeah, it's Rook, and then of course it's the end of the movie. So Patricia Clarkson has to get kidnapped. Absolutely, she gets duped because. <sighs> Again, this guy calls the news desk and he's like doing this bad Liam Neeson impression. And he's like, yes, I want to give you the exclusive story about me, the film director. Come down to this abandoned area and we'll do a scoop. You'll get the whole thing. And she's like drooling. So, you know, she runs to get down there with her cameraman. And again, and she's talking to him before. She's talking. Spoken to him. Christ. She's Uh, talking to him. Yes, she knows what Liam Neeson sounds like, and she gets duped by this dude's horrendous impression. So they're in a fun house or some horse shit. It's some, um, yeah. It's it's kind of like the end of um, what's that Jean Claude Van Damme movie we did with Hard Wilford Target. Brimley? Yeah, it's kind of like that. It's like where they're keeping a lot of parade floats for some reason. <laughs> yes. Like it's a madhouse. And Callahan goes down there, and you know, it's now it's a long, prolonged cat and mouse thing. Callahan oh, gives yeah. up Lucille at this point. That's oh, that's right. Game. He he kicks her away. Yeah, which is you know Lucille wasn't too happy about that because he's about to cut her throat. Uh, cut so Clarkson's throat. And, he, and he he goes through his whole like I'm the villain. This is what the whole movie's been about, and no one could care. It's right? So no one tedious. cares. And do I need like a ten minute foot chase? Yeah. You know they're just running around, just running around this thing. Of course, there's steam everywhere. This dude's this dude gets Lucille and is firing it at Eastwood. There's something about foley work for footsteps in the '80s that drives me nuts. Yes. It's like that, like it's super annoying, overly loud, like <laughs> like those Kit Kat commercials where everyone's right. popping the Kit Kat. Oh, 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 <laughs> yeah. oh man, that sound effect is making my skin crawl. Mm-hmm. This is like everyone in the '80s in these movies wore like tap shoes. <laughs> Bunch of Ben Vereens running away from each oh, other. Oh, this is the worst possible timing, Rook. I was just on the way to my performance of tap dancing. <laughs> you know, my performance of tap dancing. I was going to go do it at that big, uh, big uh, San Francisco theater they must have. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if I kill you in time, I can make the curtain call. <laughs> So Patricia Clarkson like gets away. There's again an amazing thing where Eastwood like throws a chair through a window yep. and he escapes out of it and then we cut to this dude <laughs> Hey Obama, are you using this? <laughs> <laughs> we cut to this dude 40 years younger than him jumping into this dumpster. It's I LT think, again. I think it was his son cuz this dude <laughs> this dude looks like fucking Clint Eastwood like just enough. I was like, "Is that Scott Eastwood?" <laughs> And so, like, he jumps down, and we, we get to the docks, and uh-huh. this dude's running around with Lucille. We're doing the whole Batman Begins, like, where are you? And then out of the fucking fog comes the most ridiculous thing this franchise has ever seen. Here is Clint Eastwood holding this fucking harpoon gun that Slash had earlier in the movie. And he says, you're out of bullets. And it, which means... <laughs> It's time to be arrested legally. Exactly. <laughs> it's time to go to jail forever to pay for your crimes. Mm. It's time to me for it's time for him to be a police officer. And maybe find out like this guy's a serial killer. Chances are these aren't the only five people he's killed. So there's totally. a bunch of unsolved murders that you could probably get him for. Oh yeah. And like, you know, Don't give care. closure <laughs> give closure to some grieving families. No, we're letting this thing launch and pinning this dude to a door. Holy shit, this guy gets murdered. And of course, you know, the cops finally come and they're like, where, where is the killer? He's like, he's hanging out back there. And by that I mean I ritualistically killed him. <laughs> it's 
it's some cold-blooded shit because he does this. And if I do that, even as like a as a hard-nosed detective or whatever, I'm like, holy fuck, like I really killed that guy. <laughs> yeah. He just slowly walks over, puts the harpoon gun against this shack, picks up Lucille off the ground, stares at this corpse dead in its cold eyeballs, and flips the gun around and puts it back in his pocket and walks away. Also, you need to keep that gun there because that's ev- that's what's going to yeah. keep you yeah. out of the clink. Now yep. it looks like you just shot a ra- this, this dude, like an unarmed guy. You know, it's you can't yeah. Shoot it's like there's nothing guy. on this guy. Like what happened? Oh yeah, don't worry about it. He stole my gun, so I had to use this harpoon gun. But we found your gun back on you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Patty Clarkson will tell you the whole story. I'm just going to walk away from this crime scene. The two of them just walk off into, yep. the, into the night together. Cue that fucking trumpet, by the way. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, just another night in the Bay City. And you're like, how are you walking away from this? This is fucking days of paperwork. Yes. Or, or at least three tribunals. <laughs> and that's why there wasn't another movie is because it's the rest of time he's been filling out paperwork <laughs> I just love that people saw this movie and still to this day are like man just one more Harry Callahan movie and even Eastwood has said like that's the dumbest thing ever like why would this guy still be a cop at pushing 90 years old you know but it's like why did you watch the Deadpool and you were like yeah I could go for another one <laughs> Clearly, this is out of gas. Uh, Liam Neeson just comes to nothing. He's just out of this movie. Yeah. He vanishes from the movie. Why don't, instead of like, I don't know, one of your the mafia scenes, have him get killed. You know what I mean? Like, that he would be a get, great scene. Oh, fuck, we just lost our main suspect. Because, like, Liam yeah. Neeson's a main suspect through most of the movie. Or just cut to him and show him fade from existence. It's just like, another timeline has, has been elapsed. Son of a bitch. It's time to slide. <laughs> Wasn't he in an alternate time? What was that movie where he's doing something? Liam Neeson? Yeah, like it's a movie where he doesn't know if he's real or not. Oh, unknown. Unknown. That is a bullshit movie. He I doesn't never know saw if, it. Oh, he doesn't know if he's... No, no he, he's it's one of those... or something, right? It's one of those, like, you don't exist yeah. kind of things. And he's like, no, my name is whoever. This is my wife. And the woman's like, what are you talking about? It's another perverted... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Lady Vanishes type movie. Right. Like, I never saw that person before. Like, that's what it... And it's it's fucking stupid. And the big, like... Uh, yeah. The, the big, like, plot thing of the movie is someone has found a way to, like, genetically modify corn that's going to, like, help feed starving nations. And it's all, like... That's really corny. It's all, <laughs> it's all a weird, like, stealing science movie. And I don't remember right. how Liam Neeson's a part of it, but... Yeah, unknown is what that means. Yeah, I saw it too. It's trash. (laughs) (laughs) Would anybody recommend The Deadpool? It's right on the cusp. Probably not. I need to watch. I do want to watch at least the first one or, you know, and and tweet at me uh, and let me know which (laughs) ones are worth watching. I've never seen any of them. So you probably, it's just just a knot. It's a little bit light and it kind of comes, a lot of things. A lot of balls get dropped that I actually... Oh, yeah. There's a better movie of this movie that could have existed. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm in the no camp. Um, you know, I saw the first one and it was pretty good. But, yeah. like, um, you know, I'm still not too crazy about these movies. But maybe maybe there's some good ones in there, too. Well, I, you know, I would recommend the first one. Yeah. I'd recommend Sudden Impact is a good right. one. Okay. Um, the Enforcer, that's also a good one. This one, I don't know. I mean, if you're a completist, like, yeah. I would just watch all of them, yeah. you know... 
I would have accepted that four pack, yeah. you know, <laughs> in place of this five disc Blu-ray thing I have because it's, you know, you don't need this, this one. So this is definitely the weakest link. It's definitely it's the oh, absolute of the Daisy Chain. It's the absolute yeah. worst of of the dirty hairy Daisy Chain. Oh, you're making me hungry, guys. <laughs> put put some cottage cheese on that Daisy Chain, and you got yourself a meal. <laughs> That's how I stay so fit. And why I will live until I'm 191 years old. A bunch of daisies with cottage cheese on top is a California cheeseburger. (laughs) That's the Deadpool from 1988, directed by Buddy Van Horn. If you want to get a hold of us, check out our website, WHM Podcast, or find us on Sideshow.tv. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. We are at WHM Podcast. And of course, right into our mailbag. We all hate movies. At gmail.com. Okay, clue for next week's episode. I'm going to say one of the greatest actors of all time. Just one of the greatest actors of all time. Yeah, Serpico. (laughs) Next week on We Hate Movies, we're doing Serpico. (laughs) So until then, when we're definitely talking about Serpico, I'm Andrew Jupin. Eric Siska. Steven Sadak. Take it easy. Take it easy.